in the shtetlach in old Russia, the sheriff of the town, known as the pristav, was like a little czar. The sight of his uniform, with its brightly shining brass buttons stamped with the czar's emblem, his tall hat glittering with authority, drove fear into the hearts of the poor Jewish residents and shopkeepers, for the sheriff of one particular little town was a harsh man, and he did not like the Jews. The Jews had come to call him Haman. The Pristav considered himself to be the personal representative of the Tsar. There was no higher authority in the town than he was. He was the law. He loved the power, and he even enjoyed the title of Haman that the Jews had given him, for he was a cruel person by nature. But most of all, he enjoyed the opportunity that his position as Pristav offered him to get money from the poor Jews. The Pristav was not only the chief of police, he was the sanitation department, the health inspector, the food inspector, the inspector of weights and measures, and even the judge. Every week, when he set out to inspect the stores, a shudder ran through the street where all the Jews had their shops, in two long rows on either side of the street. The women were out with brooms, feverishly sweeping the fronts of their little shops so that he shouldn't give them a ticket for having a dirty sidewalk. Inside the shops, their husbands were hurriedly putting things in order, covering up the groceries, dusting the shelves, hanging up flycatchers, making sure the lids on the herring barrels and the kerosene barrels were on firmly. From shop to shop, the dreadful news spread. Haman is coming! Haman is coming! Why were they so afraid? From dawn to dusk, the poor shopkeepers stood in their little shops, cold in the winter, hot in the summer, barely earning enough profit to live. Then would come along this Haman and take the last piece of bread out of their children's mouths. How? If he would find a speck of dust on a shelf or if a fly would happen to land on some of the vegetables, then he would write a ticket which would take a whole week or even a whole month's of earnings to pay. The poor shopkeeper could beg and plead, Am I supposed to stand here all day with a fan in my hand to keep the flies off of the produce? Have pity on me, and if not on me, then on my wife and children. But Haman, the pristav, had a heart of stone. He would fill out the ticket, hand it to the shopkeeper, and walk to the shop next door or across the street. If he happened to find that everything was in perfect order, 
he would make something up. He might taste the butter and say, This butter is rancid. I must write you a ticket. But your honor, the shopkeeper might say, I just bought this butter yesterday, fresh from the farm. You can tell it to the judge, replied the pristav, who was also the judge. If he went into a store and found absolutely everything to be in perfect order, he would say, very nice store you're keeping here. I will tell my wife to come and shop with you. The shopkeeper would be relieved, but not for long, because later in the afternoon, the pristav's wife would come in, all smiles, and order a bag full of groceries. But when it came time to pay, she would suddenly discover that she had left her purse at home. She would promise to bring the money next time. The next time she came shopping, she would forget her purse again and ask if she could pay again next time. If the shopkeeper would respectfully remind her that he could not afford to give her credit, she would become insulted. The pristav would soon appear to give him a ticket for some made-up reason or another, and before long, a second ticket for yet another made-up reason, until the shopkeeper would tell the sheriff, Your honor, your wife owes me nothing. And then there would be no more tickets. What could the poor Yidin do but daven to Hashem to be rid of this Haman? The older people remembered this Pristav when he was a young boy. He was the Shabbos Goy who would come on Shabbos afternoon to move the candlesticks from the table, add wood to the fireplace in the winter, and even to do some light chores during the week. For this he would be given something to eat, a piece of gefilte fish, some challah, an apple. But this boy felt no gratitude towards the Jews who had befriended him. He envied them, for in his imagination, their humble but clean homes, filled with the holy atmosphere of Shabbos Kaidesh, seemed like an enchanted palace to which he could never be truly admitted. His jealousy gave rise to hatred and greed. He began to steal small things from the Jews, a spoon, a ring, some money, until one day he was caught and he then found the doors of all of the Jewish homes were closed to him. He soon disappeared and was not seen again for many years. He returned years later as the newly appointed Pristav and he took out his anger on the Jews, earning him the name Haman very quickly. Since he had grown up amongst the Yidden, he knew all about Yiddish life, the Minhagim, the Yomim Tovim. He knew that Purim was a day when the Yidden celebrated 
the downfall of Haman, and that feasting and drinking was the order of the day. It was a mitzvah to drink ad delayada until you don't know the difference between Oror Haman and Baruch Mordechai. So Haman decided to spoil the fun the Jews were having on Purim. He decided to go and find Jews that had been drinking to give them a ticket. He did give a few tickets for disturbing the peace, but this did not satisfy him. He wanted something really big, something to make the Jews absolutely furious. So before the next Purim came around, the Pristav let it be known that no longer would Shalach Manais deliverers be permitted to do business without a license. Many children earned a few coins taking Shalach Manais from one person to another. But do you think they would earn enough in a hundred Purims to pay for a license? Of course not. The Jews were furious. They sent a delegation to the Pristav, asking him to withdraw this order. They even offered him a sum of money. But this time the Pristav was not interested in money. He wanted to force the Jews to give up the mitzvah of Shlach Manais and to spoil the festival. The Pristav made it be known that he would arrest all Shalachmanis carriers, and take away the Shalachmanis. Purim came, and all the Yidden gathered in Shul to hear the Megillah. When Haman's name was mentioned, there was an outburst of stomping feet and noisy groggering, not only for the Haman of the Megillah, but also for the Haman of their shtetl. And the same happened the following morning. In the afternoon of Purim day, when it was time to send Shlachmanis, a few brave Shlachmanis carriers decided to run the blockade. The sheriff and his deputy were out on patrol. They couldn't cope with all of the Shlachmanis carriers, but they caught two of them and arrested them. Then the sheriff and his deputy sat down to enjoy the shlachmanis that they had taken away from the two shlachmanis carriers. The shlachmanis that the Pristav had confiscated was meant for the Rav of the town, who was greatly respected not only by the Jews, but Lahavdil also by the non-Jews in town. Fortunately, the Rav did not depend on shlachmanis for his Purim Suda, so he was sitting in his home in the company of several of his Talmidim, eating his Purim Suda, when the Pristav's wife rushed in. Holy Rabbi, she pleaded, my husband is dying. He was eating the Shlachmanis that he had taken away from the Shlachmanis carriers, and a fishbone became lodged in his throat. Please, Rabbi. Pray for him that the spell should be broken. The rabbi explained to her that there is no spell on your husband. 
God is punishing your husband. And you too, said the rabbi, for being cruel to the Jews and making their life miserable. If both of you will promise to stop persecuting the Jews, then your husband will recover. Go, quickly tell it to him. So the Pristav's wife rushed back to her husband and told him what the Rav had said. With his last strength, the Pristav promised that he would never do any harm to any Jew ever again. Suddenly, the bone in his throat became dislodged and the Pristav knew that a miracle had happened to him. The following day, Shushan Purim, the Pristav came to the Rav and said, Rabbi, I know you saved my life. I want to promise again that never, never again will I make any trouble for any Jew. Please, Rabbi, forgive me and pray for me. As he left, he added, Oh, and I would rather not be called Haman anymore. There was such a simcha in the shtetl as word spread that Haman, now known as the Pristav, had become a different person. And every year on Purim, the Pristav would pay his respects to the Rav and say l'chaim with him and renew his promise to be good to the Jews. 